All right, hey everybody, this is Scooter. Tonight's episode's a little bit different. Uh, I, I had a spur-of-the-moment desire to try to do what little I could to uh, help ease some of the trauma going on in Paris and Beirut. And, you know, of course there's a lot of other trauma going on around the world, and I know there's some things that happened in Baghdad the past weekend, and in everywhere. But if you're easily affected by discussions about these things, it's a pretty normal podcast episode. It's a part of a live stream I did, and it was a last-minute thing, so I'm sorry. You know, I just had time to do it on social media. So if you missed out, I'm trying to figure out recovering the video and the audio uh, from the show so I'll be able to post it. But right now, this is the audio I could get. Uh, but I just want to give anybody a heads up that we will be, you know, just touching on, on the events of the past week. Because our hearts do go out to every, all the victims, all the people that are uh, still suffering, and every person affected uh, directly and indirectly. And I just wanted to share. So we did eight hours, uh, seven hours, seven hours of bedtime stories live on a, like a live stream. And that leads into to helping people. Uh, who helped the show? This the, me pull this off, and I want to. I would be. I want to particularly thank uh, Sarah B, who did all the moderation and uh, planning a schedule and everything, and then Stacey and Jennifer, who, who also really stepped up and helped out. I want to thank everyone that participated. I want to name all the people that did readings or just shared stories, just because uh, I'm trying to figure out the technical end of it. But I want to thank everyone who participated, everyone that showed up, everyone else that supported, who shared the shared the shared things. And it, so, and I want to thank particularly our Facebook community uh, at sleepwithmepodcast.com/nods. If you want to join, you're welcome to join any time. But everyone in the Facebook community really just is just support defined uh, community underscored and defined, and I would be remiss if I don't mention that that community was started by Lauren Alexandra, who she's so they were played a huge part in this that went off, and then we have our moderators over there with Lie to Lie, Rachel L to the G, Julie C, and Jennifer B. And the community couldn't function without all that support and all the participation. And I, I know some people missed out. It was a Sunday. It was spur of the moment. But you were there in spirit, too. And if there's anybody I'm forgetting to thank, I also should mention Chris Post, who posts some from Sounds Like an Earful, who does the music for the podcast, and Scotty and Jennifer, who do the artwork. You know, those are foundations that the podcast is built upon, too. And if there's a, I hope I didn't miss anybody else, but thank you. Well, my mom showed up at some point. She still hasn't called me. And so hopefully, I don't think I said anything about her parenting during the live stream, Mom. So I don't think I did. Uh, but, you know, maybe she, you know, I'll, I'll probably hear you. Maybe she'll say, she'll probably say something nice, right, Mom? I know you will. And then they, they'll say, oh, boy, how do I connect with other humans? I don't know how. But I, was do, I think I did a pretty good job of it. And this is a growth as a community, as an individual because I'm someone that kind of turned us back on the world a little bit in the past. And this is, you know, sounds trite, but you guys are opening me up like a little flower. I'm not even kidding. You're raining on me and all that stuff. Worms, you got the murk and the muck that's giving me the nutrients. 
so I couldn't do it without, without all of you. And we all did it with the same spirit to show solidarity with the people in the deep, dark night right now, whether, however they're feeling. And if you have any money, you can support uh, some of the victims or some of the causes. They'll be in the show notes. If you don't look at the show notes, just call, you know, Google American Red Cross, International Red Cross, Canadian Red Cross. And I'm sure you're Australia and England, you have, you know, you guys, one of you probably founded the Red Cross. And they say Florence Nightingale. Okay, sorry about that. Be hearing from the Florence Nightingale Foundation soon, but that's fine. So if you can donate, that's one thing. And, and the other side of it is if you're hearing this because you're you're facing some trauma or you're in crisis because of these events, because of your reaction to these events, or because of something totally unrelated to it, it, reach out for some help, okay? And that'll be in the show notes too. But all you got to do is you, you just, you know, you just Google crisis helpline or crisis text line because you, there's support out there and there's people that want to help you. And they're trained professionals who, who know how to help and can find you the resources. So if you're in the middle of the deep, dark night and it's not just a sleep issue, it's something more, or you're not sure, you say, geez, I don't know, go ahead and make that call, make that text, please, uh, because they, we, we, there's people that do care. And so I think that's it. The show was done live, so it's going to sound different than a regular show. Won't be. It'll be in a, it'll sound different. And then also my dog snored through the entire uh, entire live stream. This is just a snippet. This is a little hour portion, a little story, you know, Trending Tuesday. Well, this wasn't a Trending Tuesday. It was something that was trending, uh, but it was just one trending thing. And it was related to how the live stream started. So, again, I can't express my sympathy in my heart, I felt desire to do anything for anyone out there that's been impacted by these things. In my pride, that people that listen to this podcast are willing to come together to help and show you that, yeah, you, you can reach out for help because there is help out there. And I'm sorry for, for, for the deep, dark night all you people have had to face, okay? So let, let's, uh, let's start the podcast. Thank you. Well, thank you for your help getting this going. Uh, everybody that's uh, out there watching this feed, we, I just wanted to get something going. I do a podcast to help people fall asleep. And with everything that's happened, uh, it, it just hit me yesterday. Was that yesterday? Yeah, that, uh, Jesus, there's not a whole, I, I, I just said, she, this is kind of what my podcast is about. Um, just being someone's companion when they're uh, w when they're alone in the deep dark night is what I say on the podcast. But uh, just via silly bedtime stories, and uh, so I thought we could do it, and we could do it as a community and as a greater community because I know it's uh, getting to late Sunday night in Paris, and also for all the people in, in Beirut that were also affected by things. Uh, I just thought we could do something together uh, for the next few hours as the night goes through uh, to closest dawn as we can get in Paris. Uh, just take turns, and I can tell boring bedtime stories. And we can anybody that joins in is welcome to. I've never used Blab before, so it'll be a little bit of a learning curve. 
but I'm pretty good at staying calm and using lulling, soothing tones. Uh, so I hope that sounds good. And, and maybe at the top of every hour, close to the top of every hour, we can, um, I don't know if I need these headphones, we can uh, reset. Uh, we've got a couple links to uh, crisis center numbers, and we'll, we'll have a couple links to st- a couple different places where people can donate money if they feel obliged. But mostly, if anyone's out there and you don't have to participate, and if you just want to put this audio on, whether you're in Paris or Beirut or France or anywhere affected by these events, or you know someone, or, I mean, this kind of thing, the impact, you know, the waves of impact might wane a little bit, but we all know someone or can be connected to someone or can be connected to events. So anyone that has anything stirred up, uh, I, I don't know. That's just what I'm thinking. And I mean, there's there's uh, not much. I don't know. I said, yeah, well, let's see how it goes. <laughs> I guess what I'll do is I'll just get started with a, with a, a lulling, soothing tales. Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep? Well, anyone is welcome right now. Uh, If there's anything keeping you up tonight, whatever it might be, uh, I'm here to distract you from that. Uh, And what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell a little story. There's just some stuff. There's a weird coalescence going on that, that led to this live stream. And it's a, it's really unexpected. So I think there may be a story in there. I'm going to be here to take your mind off of things. I'm going to use lulling, soothing tones. Uh, my dog's snoring in the background. So I'll also be using dog snores, lulling, soothing tones, pointless meanders. As serious as, as everything that's happened is, uh, I, I'm going to try to be as lighthearted as I can. I'm going to create, I'm going to do my best to create a safe place here where you can set aside whatever's happened. Uh, whatever's going through your mind, your body, your spirit, uh, whatever's been going on with you, I want you to be able to set that aside. E- even if you can only partially set it aside, I-, I want you to you know take your mind off of things and just distract you for a little bit. Now, this is a uh, normally a podcast that comes out three days a week, but uh, tonight. Uh, it's I think it's just turning just past 10 and I want to help uh, carry any Parisians or any 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 other people any anyone from Beirut anyone else through the, the deep dark night and it, it has been especially dark uh, lately but um, you know it, it, it doesn't have to um, I just want to do my best to accompany you and be here for you so what 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 uh it's strange uh what what led me to think of this uh podcast because it was uh it was friday night and, and and everything that had been happening was on my mind but i was also scrambling to uh get a podcast re- i was recorded a podcast and then afterwards friday night i was uh watching um metastasis to take notes for the for 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 the podcast, and as I was it was getting later and I was taking breaks, I uh, I started you know checking Twitter or or catching up with people, 
and I noticed, and, and I kind of forgot about this, but, uh, and I, I'll probably mispronounce his name, but uh, Shia, Shia LaBeouf, I think, I, uh, is, uh, was doing um, a live stream of uh, 48 hours or 72 hours of watching all his movies nonstop. And uh, at first, I didn't really think anything of it. I had heard about it earlier this week. And he's someone that uh, he, he can he can be somewhat of a polarizing figure. But if we put aside that, you know, um, whatever, you know, his public persona, I guess, if we could put that aside. Um, I, 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 uh, I don't know. I just saw it on Twitter and someone had said, oh, I was watching him watch his movies. And I, I was like, I don't know if it was a, voy- a voyeur in me. But I said, huh, let me let me check this out. I guess I, I don't know if I have uh, a, I had a harsh view of him in the past or I, I mean, I don't know him. So it's just his public persona. But he seems like he's been going through a lot that I could relate to over the past year or two. So um, I don't know. I was like, I'll check it out. And I got to tell you, like, I just randomly clicked on it. My phone was on mute because I was trying to watch Breaking Bad and not get distracted by my phone and take notes. But it it had this uh, amazing image of just these two movie seats. And now I didn't know where I picked up the stream. So it just had these, these two images of these two movie seats. And, and it was in the, I don't know if it was, in, they were shooting at what, what type of camera they were using, but it, it was nicely framed and it, it just looked good. It, it, it was old movie seats. And I've I just done a podcast episode that hasn't come out about my relationship with movies. And uh, it, it, the image just immediately caught my eye. And then, like, in and out of the frame would come people that were cleaning up um, the floor and stuff. And I said, I said, geez, like, uh, did I miss did I miss the whole thing? Or is this some extended break? And so I just left the phone there and I went back to uh, doing uh, notes on metastasis and I was taking notes and uh, every once in a while I would look over and all of a sudden I noticed a, a flurry of activity that people were streaming into the movie theater. Uh, it was on mute and I, I don't know what it was about it, but it, but it really uh, caught, caught my, it hooked me. It hooked me. And we could have endless debates about whether he was doing art or whatever his intentions were. I don't know. And I don't think like it, I think it is important and maybe he should get some credit uh, or, or not, but it's not really that important because all of a sudden like these people started streaming in the movie theater and he, he came in and he sat down and he was wearing like a, a heavy winter coat and a sweatshirt and uh, he was drinking a soda with, and and immediately, uh, there was just some richness there. Like especially because it was on mute, I had to stop what I was doing, and, and I was sucked in. And uh, he sat down, and he had this uh, movie theater soda cup, and he had no lid or no straw on it. And I said, "Wow, like uh, that's a risky move at a movie theater." I mean, in my opinion but he was drinking his soda and I was like, Jesus, a movie theater cold or is he a, like, is he a cold, cold person and he needs two layers. And then he's also a striking looking person. Like, I mean, he is a movie star and 
to be a movie star, you have to have some certain, a certain level of not just good looks, but some, some sort of, uh, I, I don't know how to describe it, but so he's there and he starts wor- watching and, and, the, and the theater starts playing, but behind him, or maybe even before he got there, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm ahead of myself, other people started coming in. And this is the kind of thing, like, uh, as I was watching unfold now, I'm, I was totally clear headed and under the influence of no things, but I could imagine if you were under the influence and you were smoking something, for example, this would have been even more perplexing or, and then I was like, man, is there an intention here for people that are really high to be watching this? And then I started watching people and this guy, I called him Mr. Rings. Obviously there was like the primary seat where, where shot is it Shia? or Shia, 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 Mr. LaBeouf, uh, was sitting. And then the, like, which was in the main, main part of the frame of the movie frame. And then there was a couple seats behind him and this guy, um, well-dressed 20 something guy kind of looked like maybe look, he, he uh, was upper level startup material. He, uh, set, he was like sitting on the seat. He was kind of doing some, um, work in the room a little bit. He had on, two rings on his right hand and, and I think one on his left. And he was really upscaling. I was like, oh, he's, he's, he's sitting behind Shia, Shia, Shia LaBeouf, Shia, Shia LaBeouf. And, uh, and, and then like this other guy came and he looked like he had just got out of uh, like some, he looked like he, he was dressed in like a little bit of a cycling gear. Like he had cycling pants on and he, he was a very stark contrast. This other guy, he was, this other guy was really put together, you know, he had on, you know, nice clothes and, and rings, three rings. And uh, I, I don't know, it, it, it just kept, it, it, and it brought me in deeper. And then I was like, okay, I can't stay up all night. I got to finish this note taking for a metastasis. So then I went back to taking notes for metastasis and I was watching out of the court. And then all of a sudden I'd looked away and the ring man was gone. And I said, Oh boy. And now the plot thickens, right? The lulling, soothing, meandering plot thickens. Cause I said, here's this guy. He was supposed to be sitting behind Shia, Shia, Shia LaBeouf. So I guess this was pre, pre LaBeouf, pre LaBeouf, P, P, P L. How do you say LB, LaBeouf, PLBT, LB, PLBT, pre LaBeouf time. So he was sitting back there and then he was gone. And, and I literally felt like I was watching some David Lynch movie at this point. And I had to, I was like, did I do any, did I take any? Okay, I'm clear headed. And then I had, I, I was like, I was watching it and I was trying to watch Metastasis, trying to take notes. And then I finally got done with the Metastasis and I got sucked right back in. There was this other, so the guy that looked like he had just got back from cycling had taken over a ring guy's face, a place. But uh, this other guy comes in and he looked like an actor and I still can't figure out what movie he was from now. He looked like the actor from the movie, and the movie was probably five or ten years ago. So it wasn't. It, I don't think it could have been the same person. But he had longer, curly hair, and a little bit of an, an, an androgynous look to him. And he was wearing like a long, like loose-fitting sweater, 
and he had multiple bags on him. And this is where I wonder again, what is happening now? I, I had it. I thought there was no sound. It turns out I checked this morning and there was, but the whole time I said, I had no sound. So I said, man, this is so weird. And then this dude with the long sweater and he, he was a, he looked like an actor, not a movie star, but an actor. So he was interesting to look at. And he had this, this interesting look, confused face. So I said, man, this guy looks like a little messed up. He proceeded for the next 15 to 30 minutes, the next 30, 15 to 30 minutes to start going through bags and, and digging through things. And meanwhile, at some point, Shia came down and he sat down and he, the movie started. Now, again, because I didn't hear any sound, I was disoriented in this way where I said, geez, is it like all of a sudden the lights would change on his face, on Mr. LaBeouf's face. It was capturing him and, you know, different colors were capturing him in different ways and his face was changing. But I was way, at this point, way more intrigued on what was going on behind him with this other young man. And, and I said, man, like, this, again, it's like, am I projecting some brilliance onto this or am I finding meaning where there is no meaning in intention or, or was this, all this intended? And for some reason, that question made it so much more richer for me, like not and being disoriented and feeling like almost like you'd feel if you were watching magic and you didn't know, like if you met a magician and you didn't know what a magician was and they started doing you and you, you had no way to process whether it was magic or not. So I'm watching this guy and then I'm watching Shia and he's changing it. And, and I don't know if he's really watching a movie because there's no sound. So I don't know if it, it, it's it's all this elaborate play or not. And meanwhile, this guy's still going through his bag. He's digging. He's leaning down, and the bike bike the bike guy. That's what I was calling him. He's sitting there. He's kind of he, he's behind uh, Mr. Labouf, so he's not really getting any. He's watching the movie, I presume. And I learned this morning they were watching it in reverse chronic reverse chronological order, I think, or, or maybe not, but. Again, I was like, holy moly. And this guy's still digging through his bag. And, and more, I'm getting more drawn. I'm like, where, like, I'm like, where was this guy, this young man before this? How messed up is he? Like, is he totally out of it? He's just digging through his bag. And you can tell he's looking for something. And then, I'm, but then I'm like, is he performing? Is this real or not? Oh, it was. And then he's digging, 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 digging. Now, meanwhile... Another thing that captured my attention is here you have a, a, a A-list movie star going through a tough time, but still the A-list movie star, um, and no one bothered him. So I don't know what what the rules were in place because he's sitting there watching the movie. There's a guy next to him who's barely in the. Every once in a while you could see him. He was wearing these really nice glasses. He was right here, and I'm like, is that Shia's best friend? Is that some dude? But he he never when I was watching it he never broke um, his boundaries, and then people would pass by, and like a, a young woman passed by and she just walked right like they stood up and she walked by like just like a regular movie. I, I don't know my my mind was boggled. So I'm watching this other young man and then I'm watching this other young man, 
and then I think I finally, maybe at this point I dug in, I said, I got to put this away or I got to stop looking at this. And I got the rest of the episode done. So then I went back and it was hours later. No, 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 that's not true. It was probably like 20, 20 minutes later. And uh, now, oh, cause it's, some, oh boy, this is, this is, oh, this is meandering. So at some point the young man, um, we'll call him bag man, I guess bag kid I guess he was more of a kid he, he's a bag but he was going through his bags he had like a a purse like thing and a pack and everything and then he's like he, you could tell I could feel like he was starting to freak out I said oh boy he's definitely he had too much of something and not enough of something else or something but uh he uh he gets up and he's like listen bro this is what I imagined him he said listen bro I gotta get the hell out of here this whole booth thing is freaking me the hell out I got some, you know, I can't find that thing in my bag. And the guy's probably like, dude, what thing? And you know, my, I, I don't know where it is, man. He gets up and he leaves. And for me, I was like, I was with him. I was like, is he going to the bathroom to freak out? Like, is he going to be sitting in a, a bathroom stall trying to calm down? Like, maybe he should have called me in. I could have been like, dude, it's okay. Or did he run home? Like, did, was he breaking out of there? So at some point that had occurred, like he had made a run for it, in my opinion. And then I got back to work. And then when I went back, he was back in his seat and he's just sitting there watching the movie, just chilled out. So I said, whatever was in his bed. So, well, maybe he wasn't freaked out. Maybe, I don't know, but, but whatever it was, he found, he found what he was looking for. And then he's sitting there. And then I started to watch uh, Shia a little bit. And that was a little bit hard for me, uh, watching his face. Um, and, and, and again, if we can set aside anyone's knee-jerk reactions and, and just just look at it, like, it was almost honestly painful for, to, for me because it was like I was projecting things on and he's watching this movie. Now, obviously, he knew he was being watched and he, he in some sense maybe wanted to be watched, but, uh, he was sitting there and, uh, I, I just had to wonder what was going on in his mind as his face changed. And as he moved and he scratched and he drank his soda and he took his coat off and, uh, and things like that. Um, so I don't know, I was watching it and I said, so I don't know if there's a story in there about this, like what, what was going on before it and after it. Um, I don't know, but it was just endless. But but something about about that planted in my subconscious because uh, that Shia was doing this um, that this uh, live stream of his movies. I said, huh. And then the next day, that's when I was like, well, we could do a bedroom bedtime. Bed, bedtime story live stream maybe we have actually have him to thank for it uh in some sense because he planted it somewhere deep in my so well i guess it wasn't that deep because i went to bed and then i woke up well i think I, what i did was i i said i gotta I, first thing i did when i got ready for bed was i was like can i uh rewind this you know because it was just some it was streaming through my browser i think or QuickTime. And it let me rewind it. And then I paused it because um, you can use QuickTime on a Mac to uh, film what's on your phone. So I was like, oh, boy, 
I'll film that and then I start reading and whatever to get ready to wind down, you know, deboof myself, deboofify, boof, deboof, deboof, yeah, there you go, deboof, um, and, and then I was like, okay, so then I stopped and I, I, I was like, oh, would I need that? I, I mean, I, honestly, last, this was Friday night, so two nights ago, this was Friday night, I was like, oh, I could do that, I'll just watch that and, and narrate it. Um, but that would be too distracting right now. And, and I think that was, oh, well, oh no, wait. So there was other stuff I forgot. So I went back to it and then clearly there, the audience had filled out, um, like more people were there and they were all, um, pe- people shy as age, uh, I think like in their twenties. And, uh, I was guessing that it was live. I don't think it was, I think it was maybe the beginning of the stream, but it might not have been. So people were cycling in and you could tell they had had a fun night. So there was people in, there was like people in the background that I was watching. And uh, there was like one person, I think they were on the floor and they would reach their hand up and they were doing things in the background with their hands that, you know, they were like playing with the audience of anybody that could have been watching. So I don't know. It was just uh, totally intriguing. But I wonder like what, uh, like if, what the bag, man, it's hard for me to focus and drift away at the same time to think about the bad guy, but he was definitely from a movie and I wish I could think what movie, um, he was from because it's, it's right there. It's real close. It's been there for two days. Just, just this close to remembering it. Like he's a little bit like, um, the younger brother in freaks and geeks. I don't know if anybody um, watches watched Freaks and Geeks. I mean, talk about the show that launched a thousand careers. I mean, it was a great show, and then all the the talent that came out of that was Judge. I mean, well, I don't need to I don't need to rehash it. But uh, the the sister whose name I forget, uh, she she. Uh, her, her her younger brother was the one he kind of looked a little bit like that and a little bit like the um the actor that's in like little miss sunshine and there will be blood i want to say his name's paul but i, I don't know his, his name and he was in a movie that i wanted oh he's in the beach boys movie not paul rudd um not not more of a character actor a little bit he played the preacher or the minister and there will be blood. I think he played the young Brian Wilson in the Beach Boys movie. And then in Little Miss Sunshine, that's one of my favorite movies. Talk about a movie. Yeah, there you go, Paul Dano. Uh, what a wonderful movie that was. Like there's a couple movies that have, that like teach you how to end a movie, you know? And like between that, and I don't have as much love for Napoleon Dynamite as some people have. It still had this ending, where was it? So, so Little Miss Sunshine. I don't know if people remember the ending, but that was just such a, a good ending that that worked for every character too. And just, uh, but this guy, he wasn't Paul Dano. He was just a, uh, he was someone like Paul Dano, but but someone different. Maybe if I just talk enough. I'll remember, but I wonder what was in that bag, what he was looking for and why he had like two or three bags. 
was there like a, a metaphor like was, was uh is shy well one it was it, can someone check is shy's stream still going on um because yeah, i i think so at 4 30 on since on sunday right now out there um is it but this guy he was looking through those bags and it's like, okay, well, you know, it'd be intimidating. I guess this guy kind of seemed pretty mellow, a little bit like even if he was in uh, the LaBeouf crew, like that he was like a little bit of an outsider or just within himself in some way. And, uh, oh boy, listen to this. We were having a little dog. I think we had a little doggy nightmare there. But I was thinking, if he was uh, if he was in the LaBeouf crew or he was associated, because it seemed like when I looked down the stream, there was two other names there. So that would I would assume be like the dude that was sitting right here, and maybe one of his other good friends, you know, playing this out. And again, I uh, can't understand everything, but but I got to say, even though some people might say, "Oh, this was so narcissistic." But you're putting, it's like doing something in, or a cry for help. And it, it could very well be that, uh, that he's doing this long stream. But it's some, in some sense, when you do something, and you know, you're going to be criticized and you know, you're a public figure. I don't, I don't know. I guess I can't, I can't take uh, the, any criticism because it was so delightful for me. The, the mystery. Um, I'm going to see, I got to see if I can find it on my phone while I talk. And then we'll really get into some territory of, uh, what do you call it, uh, violations of copy. I don't think it's, can you copyright a live stream? But I wonder, you know, like, was he looking for something in his bag that was bringing him comfort? Like, he had he been out with that crew and he kind of took, he, uh, what do you call it? Maybe he was looking for, like, maybe he was looking for, like, a little teddy. And when he took his break, he said, oh, I got to. I'm going to make a run off. I'm going to go sit in the stall and I'm going to talk to my little Teddy. And he said, Teddy, I thought I couldn't find you. And the Teddy's like, well, what, what are you so bent out of shape about bag, bag boy? Well, Teddy, I thought I, I couldn't, I couldn't find you. Well, I'm right here. I'm, I've always been here. I'm your little Teddy bear. Your little Teddy boo. He said, well, I, 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 I didn't want to know which bag I put you in. Well, Ted, I'm not in any bag. I'm inside of you, buddy. Why don't you go back in that movie theater and look at the back of Shia at Bullabooth's head and watch him laugh and watch him stare at that movie. Well, Teddy, I'd just rather sit in the stall here with you. Well, no, no, no. Uh, well, let me, and then maybe he said, oh, so listen, man. Just go back. Don't don't you want to get in his next movie? Didn't he say everybody that stays here for this whole thing could be in this next, you know, be in this movie? And he said, I don't know. I don't know, Teddy. I'm I'm a freak. I'm freaking out. I took that green thing that somebody somebody's handed me, and I'm totally freaking out here. So I don't know what to do. Say, so, okay, well, just uh, why don't you go buy some Junior Mints? The Junior Mints, Teddy. How's that going? Well, I want some junior mints. But Teddy, you can't just eat some junior mints and go sit in the movie, all right? Say, geez, say, Katie, he got the wrong teddy bear, man. But maybe he went back. Maybe he sat there. 
and uh, maybe he started sitting there and he started thinking like me, like even though he could only see the back of uh, Shia's head, he started thinking, man, this guy's going through a tough time. I don't know. And maybe he was like me. I don't know if this is brilliant or a little, like I'm a little bit scared for him. He said, uh, he said, oh man, I'm worried about it. Well, I don't know. And then all of a sudden he felt his bag again. Maybe this is what happened the first time. And then his bag was moving. And he said, well, geez, wait, you know what? You know what Shia could use is Teddy. I'd give him a little Teddy to take home with him. And then when he gets home, maybe he won't feel so alone. Not that I know he feels alone, but that, you know, maybe that'll help him out. And then he probably was like, Teddy, what do you think of that? And there's nothing. So I mean, what, what in the hell? Where in the hell's my teddy bear? And maybe it was all everything that he smoked before he got in the movie and, and every, everything he took. But he uh, he said to himself, oh, boy, oh, my poor Teddy, my poor little Shia. And then he started looking through, well, I got a fag, what bag did I put shot? What book did I put Teddy in? So then he starts digging around looking for a Teddy and looking, looking in this bag, looking in that bag and you can't find him. He's digging, he's digging, he's digging, he's digging bag, digging, no, no Teddy. He said, oh wait, I left him on the back of the toilet. So then he goes back again and he says, hey, why'd you leave me on the toilet? I said, well, honestly, Teddy, I wanted those junior mints for myself. So I subconsciously just left you in the bathroom. I can't believe you're still here, though. You know, with the it's like a Friday night at a movie theater. You think somebody would want to take you? Teddy said, "No one wants me." Well, Teddy, you're supposed to be my comforting voice, not my uh, voice of uh, unreasonableness. Well, yeah, I know. I'm just kidding you. Maybe I don't know. I'm just in a bad mood. Well, I'll tell you what, Teddy. What do you think about a little changey poo? Tell you what, Teddy. What do you think about going home with Shia? He's going through. A, I don't want. No, no, no. I don't. I don't. I don't want to do that. No, Teddy. Really, he's kind of my friend. Like we're kind of like. Uh, I think he know. He he calls me. He calls me the purse guy, and then he says, <laughs> "I love you, purse guy." But I mean, he doesn't say it mean. He's not a mean guy, you know. I mean, you can be mean, but I'm not going with that guy. Well, Teddy, I'm going to put you in his, uh, I'm going to put you in the hood of his coat. You don't have a choice because you're not, uh, you're not really real. Well, then what's going to happen to me if you send me with him and I'm inside of you? What? I don't know. And so then he put Teddy into the, into the Shia's hood. And then he said to, then, then, then he said to himself, well, this is getting a little too much like those, those two movies that already were made. So we better, we better give Teddy some different orders other than being an ornery bear. And so then he, he, he took the bear, he put it in Shia's uh, hood, of his, hood of his coat. And, you know, as this was happening, this misty mist filled the theater, you know, poured in. No one could see it but me because I was watching it. You know, I had my phone. I had like an eye mask with my phone, so like this, my, my smaller phone though, you know, I masked in. It was, a, I've attempted that before because I saw those virtual, you know, I saw the virtual reality things and I, I said, I'm not paying for that. And then I saw Google had cardboard ones. So I said, okay, maybe I could watch a movie with the phone against my face, but that didn't work. 
Um, and what was my point? I, oh, that's when I was watching this. The mist creeped in through the movie theaters. And it coalesced around Shia's hood of his coat with the faux, what do they call it? Faux fur. And, and, and he had taken it off and it was hanging over the back of the seat. And all of a sudden, the mist, it, it put the guy on the bicycle to sound, deep sound asleep. And then it, it also put all the other people, they started to drift off. But Shia, he was focused. He, he was reliving not just the, the movie up on the screen, but the filming of the movie. And, and he was relating to the character he had already gone into. And then, bad, you know, the bag boy, he put Teddy in there. And Teddy was still crying, complaining. And then he noticed... As a, as a guy leaned back, he had had a junior mints too. The guy sitting next to him, so he plucked him right out of his hand. He shook him. You know that sound junior mints make. It's a, it's kind of a, a dull shake. Do, 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 you know, I can't even do it. And then he took him and he shook him into Shia's uh, hood too. And because of the temperature of the movie theater, the human bodies and the and 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 the, the heat around, you know, famous A-list actors, the junior mints started to chemically change their very fundamental makeup, fused with the bears, and they absorbed through his plush, you know or imitation, you know, whatever materials sucked into his core. Soon this bear had what, you know, an amateur would describe as a, a chocolate minty core, but others might describe as a, uh, you know, big mess would, would be, but, you know, it settled into the deepest, the deepest region of, of Shia's hood. And over the next 36 hours, over however many movies, 10 movies, we'll say, the bear sunk deeper and deeper into his hood, deeper and deeper into his hood. And the whole time the movie went by and people watched and people changed. And at some point, the bag boy got so exhausted that he had to leave. And he got up and left and knew. As he was passing by, the back of Shia's jacket, a tear dropped from his eye onto the bear, onto his shiny, you know, those black, shiny eyes, and then rolled down his neck and then was sucked into that chocolate minty core. And, uh, and then he was off, you know, and then he got like five blocks away and he realized that uh, his teddy was this like rare beanie baby. He, he had forgotten because he was so high. And then he was like, he went, you know, he got really upset with himself because he said, I just, that's like an $800. That was the princess die beanie baby that had been my teddy. And I just soaked it in junior mints and left it in shy. And the last person that needs a, a ruined, expensive beanie baby is Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, so, but he went home, he slept it off. And uh, then he was like, well, what are you going to do, you know? Now, meanwhile, 
maybe in another world, maybe in our world, the movie marathon went on. Again, people went and came and went and shy. He watched and he slept. Maybe, I don't know. I wasn't watching because I was deep, deep in sleep. My phone was against my face. So part of me may have been watching the stream, but at some point it ended and he put on his coat and his two best friends were there and they went off and they got breakfast and coffee. They probably smoked a lot of cigarettes, you know, as they, you know, had an early morning. One of those New York City mornings at a diner in the corner gleaming and the crowds are some crowd one crowd for breakfast and one crowd for that four to five a.m. meal, and, and it was chattering in there. And the air wasn't thick with smoke; it was thick with that human body. You know, the diners in a cold place when the door—it's like a human mist everywhere in the air. And uh, they sat down and they ate, and then he had no—you know—no use. It was—it was just warm enough. The sun had just come up that he didn't need his hood. And he also had a hood from his sweatshirt. So his neck was very warm. You know, you might say to yourself, what does a guy like that eat for breakfast? And he'll say, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what he would eat for breakfast. Probably something, I mean, like all of us, when you go out to breakfast, you face a decision. You know, do you want to eat sweet or do you want to eat savory breakfast? And he probably was like, oh, that's a tough call, man. That is a tough call. And I don't know what he would, you know, I don't know what he decided, what he, you know, what choice he made for himself. But, you know, maybe he said, well, I'll have some French toast with a side of uh, bacon or sausage to uh, maybe not. Maybe he, I, I, don't, I don't know what is, what, he, he looks um, pretty healthy. So maybe he just said, you know, egg white omelet, which I, you know, he had breakfast I don't really know where he stays. You know, he probably has a place, but he went home and he was so exhausted. At first he was wired, but then he walked. Usually he would have taken a cab or, and his buddy said, hey, what are you doing? He said, no, I just want to walk, man. And he seems like the kind of guy that loves this city and the city loves him. And I'm not just talking about the people. I'm talking about the sun off the bricks the heat in the mist in the diner, the strange occurrences in these movie theaters. He walked breathing all that in. And in some sense, you know, we all need a star. We, 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 we need these stars. And in some sense, the city needed it too. He was stepping over, you know, five-day-old banana peels and, walking past the subway, wafting up fumes that, you know, where the heat of the subway was hitting the, the cold of the morning air. But still, you know, that smell was hidden just in this right pocket. And Bashai, he kept walking, you know, walking and walking. And you see, you see he stopped because he, he passed this abandoned store and he caught a he caught a look of his jacket and his, his double hood action, because at this point he had put his hood up. And, you know, just he said, well, rather lay low. I'm kind of getting tired. But he caught a look of his, his big hood in the back. And, he, you know, there's something about those puffy hoods that's nice. 
and you know, it's like at eight o'clock sun off of the store window. And he took a couple breaths and he, he didn't even know what he was looking at. I mean, what, I'll tell you what he was looking at was that at some point the bear had fused itself to his hood. So now the hood of his coat had taken in a bear whose core was chocolate and mint, but no longer. The, the uh, molecules had re reformed into some other something. And Shai, he kept walking. But meanwhile, this early winter sun was on his coat. And I think his coat was a, 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 almost an army green, maybe with a little beige in there. And it, could, it was not just reflecting the sun's rays, it was absorbing them. And at the same time, trickling out from his hood were the molecules that had once been Junior Mints and uh, 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 at this point now we know a Princess Di, a Beanie Baby, probably currently valued at probably $800, no longer this one. And uh, I should probably stop and, and, and redirect things and say that I had uh, written, uh, once in a while I tried to write a musical about Princess Di I don't know if I've talked about this on the show, but I think it plays into this story. I wrote, I tried to write this musical about, uh, uh, at some point I wrote this mu musical, it was about a, a big store, like I called it Al's Mart. And uh, I, th I don't know if I ever talked about this on the podcast before, and I don't write music. And, 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 uh, and this was uh, probably 15 years ago. Well after Princess Di had passed away, and I don't know what year JFK Jr. passed away, um, but it, it was not not super long after he passed away, and it was about uh, that this Al's Mart, we'll say, had uh, found a way to take celebrity spirits out of the uh, atmosphere or out of the, um, what do you call it, the... Uh, like on their way to wherever the spirits go after their passing, and, and it, but inject them into their employees to uh, to uh, you know maybe increase efficiency. And it, it, at this one particular Alzheimer's, they had um, captured the spirits of Princess Di, uh, Dodi Fayed, and JFK Jr. And they had all started working there. Um, Around the same time now, one should note that Princess Di was management and Dodie and JFK Jr. were uh, were line-level employees. And uh, the musical was based on that. It was uh, the high point of the musical was this song. I can never remember the name of it. I'm not sure if it's a rock set song or lore. I don't know. But it goes do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. It's a woman sings it, and uh, but it was like uh, Dodie and Princess Di were in opposition to each other and still in love because their spirits were still in love. And the, you know the high point was that you know Dodie was leading a workers' revolt um, against Princess Di, and this you know main song was that that. Uh, song line do 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 
it was like, Doty doesn't work here anymore. And then he ripped off his smock. And I was so early on, I didn't realize that uh, uh, not Ipanema, it's a it's a 80s uh, pop rock song. Uh, but yeah, not, I don't have the tone to carry it. And if I if I did, I would have to jack it up. But so that musical is ironic because there was something about this Beanie Baby that they that the Beanie Baby knew that it was related to Princess Di. And as a Beanie Baby, as shy as jacket, it didn't heat up perceptibly to him because it was reflecting enough light, and he was hit his body heat inside. But as he walked. Uh, you know, the molecules started to spread and there was a, a princess dye level molecule there. And, and you could say it was spirit. You could say it was the force. You could say it was some evolutionary um, drive. You could say it was just the good of the, the bag boy who cared about uh, shy enough to put this thing in the back of his, his hood in I mean, the junior mints, you say, well, maybe if you weren't so high, you wouldn't have put the junior mints in there. But, you know, we can't, we can't, you know, we can't do that. Um, and so Shia walked, Shia, I always want to say Shia, Shia. I like calling him Mr. LaBeouf, though. So he, the sun was on his face and he was feeling good, but it was that warm sun that, that makes you more tired that, that invites you to sleep and so he was walking and the coat was was with him and i literally know that as the as the the coat he was wearing was changing each molecule one molecule at a time was changing the one next to it and fusing and I'm sure if we had a periodic table and someone that could read a periodic table and a host that knew it, but, but we don't, we, we just know it was changing. We don't know how or why, but soon it went from the outside of the coat and the inside, you know, the coats are normally about three layers. They have the, you know, the, the outer layer, and then you got the inner layer, which I don't, you know, rarely to be seen inner layer. And then you have the, layer against your skin but his skin was still further reinforced by his sweatshirt and then he walking and walking and walking and he, he got home and, and he finally got home and the first thing he did was rip off his coat because his heat was on and it was a New York City boiler heat um, so it was just pouring into the room he stayed in from his uh uh, register. I forget what they're called, those things, but I've stayed in some of those apartments where the, you have no control over the temperature. Maybe it was steam heat. I, mean, I can't be sure anymore. His, his building was oil, you know, heating oil heated or from the steam plants. There's this great book. Um, can't think of the author's name. I want to say her first name is Kate, but it, uh, it has, uh, she specializes in these beautiful books that have the inner workings of things. Yeah, I don't know if you stand, I think he's, he's got a, he's got a crash pad, Mr. LaBeouf. But so he took off his coat, he took off his sweatshirt and he fell into bed and he fell into this deep sleep, satisfied sleep, because he had, 
put himself out there. He probably knew there was going to be some people that enjoyed what he did and, and some people that were like highly critical of what he did and, and saying, oh, that LaBeouf, you know. But he, he got sucked into that daytime, exhausted sleep where, where some of us, you know, you crave it. it, it it's like a, more than a nap. But, you know, it's not bedtime. But for him, it was. He had been up for, you know, a few days. And the sun was still coming in. And, and his, his heater was pouring heat out. And, and, and meanwhile, you know, he didn't realize that his, his sweat had gone into that coat. So his coat was chemically changing even as he slept. Even as he slept deeper and deeper. And he had the strangest dreams. Um, he dreamed that, uh, you know, David Lynch came to him. Him and David Lynch went to what, Twin Peaks, and not to the set of current set of Twin Peaks, which I think is still shooting, but to the real Twin Peaks. And Kyle McLaughlin was there, and uh, Shy was disoriented, even though it was a dream. He said, "What did, what was going on?" And and in the dream, David Lynch, you know, said, "I want to teach you TM." As David Lynch is a big pra- practitioner of meditation and and a big proponent of it and donates a lot of money to it. And, and him and Kyle, Kyle said, I, I'll learn too, you know, man, I'm up for anything. He said, as long as, you know, one of my favorite lines from that show was uh, when Kyle McLaughlin, and I'll butcher paraphrasing, and he said, you know, he always liked to buy pie when he was at the diner himself, a piece of pie. He said, you got to give yourself a little present every day. And uh, he said, uh, Shai said to him, uh, or no, actually, David Lynch said to Shai, said, this is meditation is you'd be able to give yourself a gift every day more than once a day. And Kyle said, so it's like a, it's a metaphysical pie. And Lynch just likes, <laughs> David Lynch has got great hair, you know. And you think he, he's one of the few people that looks good in turtlenecks. And then next thing, Shai looks down, he, he's like, I'm in it. I see, I'm in a turtleneck, and, and, and they they were wearing matching turtlenecks. Him, Shia LaBeouf, Kyle McLaughlin, and David Lynch. And then David Lynch was trying to teach him uh, TM. Uh, and Shia said, don't you have to, you know, aren't I supposed to? And then he noticed he couldn't, all of a sudden, David Lynch was talking backwards. And he said, is this because we're in Twin Peaks, or is this? And he still wasn't sure if he was in a dream or not. He, he, he was very, very disoriented. And uh, then he, he went into the room, and I think it was, um, who was the, one of the antagonists was the guy that had all the money. Um, I forget his name. He was a, ran the owner of the hotel, Glasses, and he had a sidekick. And the two of them, there was one time where they danced on a table with glee because they were up to their villainy and Shia walked in and he, he saw them dancing. And then he said, come on to the meditation session, guys, don't you want to learn meditation? And then he just cackled and then Shia, he was lost. And then all of a sudden a giant pie landed on him and he was trying to swim his way through the pie. And then all of a sudden David Lynch said, said, you are the pie. And then Kyle McLaughlin said, eat the pie. Eat your way out of the pie, Shia. And he was saying, no, no. 
and then David Lynch says, "Remain calm," and then the evil, the the the, uh, the, the, the villainous. He's not really evil. This guy, I can't remember his name. It, it might hit me. It was a, uh, hmm. But but he was he, he was the last. He said, "I control the pies here," and then Shia, he he, he, he felt a fire in him. And he said, no, and then he separated the pie. He said, this is just pie. I'll just push the pie apart. And, where, where am I? and he pushed the pie apart. And then standing on the other side of the pie was Lady Die, which is strange because pie and, and die rhyme, which is, you know, that dream, if there's ever dream imagery. And Shai said, Lady Die? And she put her hands on his shoulders and she said, you're dreaming, you're dreaming. Wake up, wake up. And he said, I, I know, I know, I know. But he, as he came awake, he still felt the hands on his shoulders. As he, as he came, he said, what, what? And he looked and he was looking into a, a hood of a, of, a, of a winter coat and it was on him and it was, it was shaking, it was shaking. And then, then he, the coat didn't say anything. And he said, so, and then the, the coach just held his shoulders in this calm way. And he was looking into the blankness of a hood. And just because of the light in the room, you know, it was just darkness in the hood. And at first he was a little bit frightened as he looked into the depth of this darkness. And he, he was, uh, he was worried. He said, this coat, the coat kept his hands on his shoulders, but they were, they're firm but calm, uh, you know, a force that was powerful yet reassuring, but he's still looking into the darkness and he felt something, you know, squinch, squinch, squinch up inside him. And he was, he was still afraid, but then something descended onto his nose, he inhaled and it was a, it was a chocolatey minty scent. And he said, hmm. He said, uh, huh, it feels good. And then he notices in nasal pat, you know, lately with, you know, going in and out of heated places and cool places and stuff like that. He, uh, he, uh, you know, his nasal passages have just been clogged and, and not free. And he kind of felt like he didn't like that one bit, but his the mint, opened his nose and he felt, but he felt also something inside him open up a little bit as he looked into the, the depth of this thing. He, he didn't know what to do. He, he was sitting he sat back down on his bed and the coat moved and sat next to him. And the coat put its arms in the coat's lap, leaned its hood down and, and Shia just sat there and he was having a moment. He said, oh boy. And at some point, there's this different kind of fear, not a fear of darkness, but a fear of like what was happening. And then he remembered the dream, a part that he didn't remember upon waking or recall. He just remembers the image of David Lynch in his skin, skin tight, uh, turtleneck, you know, that was just his natural body shape wasn't hilarious or gross it was just but as he stared at this tight turtleneck on David Lynch you could see David Lynch is a 
he, he, he's a power, he strikes a powerful figure, at least in my mind's eye, in Nushaya's too, because he watched his chest go up and down, up and down. And he, he felt like he could see him in the room, you know, through the dream. And, and he felt like the, the coat was looking there. He was just watching David Lynch breathe, watching his chest go. And then the coat reached out his hand and kind of pointed it. And, and Shai, at first, he, he kind of laughed because he said, this should be spectral, you know. And he started talking. And he's a very, um, he's, he's interesting to watch. And I don't know how this came into my brain to be able to observe all this. But he, I mean, because my phone was so close to my face, you know. I think maybe something had, you know, gone horribly wrong that I, could, I was watching all this. But he, he was like, "You should, this should be spectral. This isn't right. This isn't right one bit. And then the coat put, it, put its hands back and then it put its arm around him. And he said, did, did you, he smell you so minty. It, it comforts me, though. And the coat still didn't say anything. And he said, am I, is this a dream within a dream or is this real or is this, and then he, he, he couldn't, he still couldn't manage his emotions because his mind, as soon as he tried to lock onto it, it started running and running and running. And uh, he, he was like, oh man, oh man. He just kept picturing David Lynch sitting there breathing, breathing. And then he thought to himself, he said, man, uh, I'm freaked out here, but this breathing is, is calming me down. He just pictured it, the, the, the rising and falling of the breath. And then he, he took, he, he started going through his, his, his stuff, you know, he started going through his stuff. He said, where do I have a, uh, a turtleneck, you know? Then he got out of turtleneck and then he, 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 he called David Lynch up. I mean, he called his people who got a hold of David Lynch's people. And they had a private conversation, you know, and then he got off the phone with David Lynch and, uh, or maybe, maybe it was, maybe it was like, uh, I mean, there's plenty of David Lynch's in the world. It could have been Dave Lynch. I think I might know a Dave Lynch, but he sat there with the coat and he said, you know, you, you talk at all. And then the coat sat across from him, you know, cause it's like kind of hard when you're sitting next to somebody to have a conversation. It's more when you're sharing a moment like they were and the, the coat sat across from them and they looked at each other and Shai said, was it, this is it. He goes, you know, he goes, so let me ask you a question, coat. Cause he goes, I got this sense in my head, you know, I, I was watching all these movies and I got a lot going on. But at some point last night, there was this freaking dude behind me. And you think, you know, I hosted this thing. I paid for all this. And I planned it out. I didn't know how it was going to go. But I said, eh, this would be, you know, old, my, my buddy, you know, you know, super, super cool glasses. You know, he, he said, this is going to be great, Shy. But he goes, this guy, he was going through his bag for like 25 minutes. And it was driving me nuts. But I said, Shy, you're on camera. You know, you're supposed to be watching this movie. Just pay attention to the movie. And then I was trying to pay attention. But, but he's got something to do with this. And then he said, uh, the, the jacket just kind of sat there. 
And then he said, and then Shia said, oh, yeah. and he called, he, he called up his buddy. He said, you know, that kid, you know, with the, the long sweater and the two, you know, the bag, you know, he said, bag boy. So yeah, what's bag boy's phone number? I got to call him. And he called a bag boy and he said, listen, man, I'm sorry. He goes, you know, I was calling you. What he goes, did I call you Mr. Purse? Or, and the, he goes, I don't remember, Shy. He goes, listen, I'm sorry. You know, sometimes I get freaky, you know, I, I get I get high energy, I get freaked out. He goes, I shouldn't have been mean to you. He goes, well, I didn't see it as mean. He goes, but, but I accept your apology. And he goes, listen, man, uh, you, you could, 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 could I trust you if I tell you, tell you something weird? Because he goes, I know you were sitting behind me going through some stuff. He goes, I don't know. He goes, I can't. He goes, I got something going on here. And I, I, you know, I talked to David Lynch about it. And he said, he told me to get to a theater with red velvet curtains and put a mic up and see if my jacket would sing. And then he said, good day, sir. And he goes, does that make any sense to you? And the, you know, bag boy said, I what? I'm sorry. And I said, well, maybe I should back up. He goes, I got this jacket here. It's come to life. My my coat, my winter coat, has come to life. And he goes, well, kind of. He goes, it, he goes, it's not the life of the party, you know. He goes, it's, uh, you know, it's just a talk. He goes, it doesn't talk. He goes, it's like an animated coat. He goes, well, what do you think I should do? And Bag Boy, he says, uh, said well, that coat you had at the movies. He goes, yeah, yeah, the coat I had in the movies. He goes, huh. He goes, did you look in the hood of that coat? Shy goes, did I look? He goes, I looked beyond. He goes, I looked into that hood of that coat, and I looked beyond the hood of the coat. Into the darkness. And the kid said, well, what, what did you see? He said, well, I saw David Lynch in, in, from my dream in a tight turtleneck breathing. He said, huh, David Lynch. He goes, could you... He goes, could you look in the look in the hood of the coat again? And he goes, I'm looking. He goes, listen, man, I'm on the phone with you right now. I'm looking in the coat. Uh, what do you want me to look for? He goes, do you see a beanie baby in there? He goes, it's a, does it smell minty in there? And he goes, chocolate, chocolate mint, chocolate mint, man. Yeah, definitely chocolate mint. And he goes, okay, can you ask the coat uh, if if uh, the Asked the coach something about Diana, Princess Diana. And he says, hey, do you know, it's shy. He says to the coach, he says, do you know Princess Diana? You know, and the coach goes, and the kid, he says, hey, yeah, this this coach says it knows Princess Di. And the kid, the bad kid says, I think it's, uh," he goes, I think the coach's there to help you, Shia. Thanks for calling and apologizing to me. You know, it means more to me. You know, he goes, "You, you did hurt my feelings, actually. But now you called to apologize for, for hurting my feelings. Like I, I see in this new way, and and believe you about the code. So um, I think I think it's going to be fine. And uh, he said, "Okay." And he said, "I'll see you later." And he goes, "The code, code's there to help you." And then the shy hangs. And he goes, are, "He goes, are you code? Are you here to help me? Should I wear a turtleneck now for the rest of my life?" And he said the coat did the, the coat did like a little like like it was laughing. And he said, Okay, okay. So Shia he he was pretty high strung, you know, it was early in the morning. 
So he, he, he breathed a little bit in a different way and no pressure, relaxed breath. He felt safe. He said, so you're here to help me. And the coach said, he said, can I still wear you? And his coach said, and he said, so the only thing I need to worry about right now is breathing like David Lynch. And the coach started to rise and fall. Like he was breathing. Shy, his breath started to fall in line with the coat. But as he breathed out the coat, as she breathes out, I guess at this point we should. I mean, I think junior mints are gen, general gender neutral, but Lady Di is a woman. And every time the coat breathed out, the room filled with chocolate mint. And every time. Shia breathed in, and now he's wearing a turtleneck. He, he looked a little bit different than you'd expect him to see. You know, he felt something open up. First it was his nasal passages, then it was his pores. Then it was something inside him. There was something about this connection to David Lynch and the coat. That he just sat there, and he knew he was going to be okay, that this coat had by some impossible string of occurrences that Shia had initiated, both by being a little bit unkind to this young man, but also by risking public humiliation or public criticism by doing this movie marathon, that he had set things in motion. But then motion started at the same time, and this young other young man put the bear, his bear, his bear that was, you know, slightly critical, but also there to comfort the bag boy. He put him in Jaya's hood and fused the bear unintentionally with Junior Mints. And the bear fused with Jaya's coat and the spirit of Lady Di, Princess Di. And probably more, not her princess spirit, but her humanitarian spirit. And somehow the artistic side of Mr. LaBeouf you know, that, that created something for me, set this in motion today, which is weird. Um, but he remembers, as David Lynch remembers, to just picture a man in a skin tight, but not offensive, or just, just a comforting rising falling of a coat's breath, or, or a man in a turtleneck's breath, or your own breath. Uh, when you need a little comfort. So that's the end of that story.